We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for April 29th, 2018. And today's pretty much going to be a dedicated study regarding the Deep State's plan, the Cabal's plan to take over, really it's to take over the world, but in this particular instance, I'm going to be talking about America and their endgame strategy on how they're going to try to accomplish that. Now, I'm not saying that this is all carved in stone, and um, I'm not trying to be dogmatic. It's just that these plans have been set in motion for decades, and I mean a long time this, this has been their plan. So I'm not saying God cannot intervene, and again, that's why I like to start off with a lot of times with Bible verses, to kind of set the stage. So the information is so dire and negative at this point. It's hard to present this type of information and maintain any kind of positive uh, spin on anything that we're looking at anymore. <clears throat> because for the most part, if you're going to go to almost anybody in alternative media, it's going to be absolute total doom and gloom. We're going to die and we're going to die tomorrow, is essentially the message. And I consistently want to try to stay away from that mindset. And um, <clears throat> and I mean that for, I'm primarily obviously speaking to Christians. At the end of Matthew 24, Jesus talks about how he's going to gather the elect from the four corners of the earth. So, not everybody dies during the tribulation. Now, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath, whatever, whatever your, your stance, um, even regarding the tribulation, there's going to be a large percentage of people that do survive. And if you don't, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's actually probably the highest honor that could be bestowed upon a Christian, you know, regarding you know, not taking the mark of the beast and the potential ramifications of that. I've talked a lot about that in previous studies, but just to set this, the tone for today, Bible verses regarding warfare and God's protection. <clears throat> Psalm 43.1 says, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. So if you feel like... You know, you're just getting overwhelmed with this type of information. I've even told people that, and I've had people email me and say, oh, I, I just got to the point where I couldn't listen to you anymore. It was too much. Listen, that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. I'm, I, I'm trying to be a watchman, and unfortunately, a watchman's message is typically not something that most people are going to want to hear. I will say, I think I try to counterbalance it with a lot of scripture, so that we stay balanced, we keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're not just looking at the actual scenario that Satan is wanting to get us into. God has over and over and over intervened in the affairs of man to throw monkey wrenches into Satan's plan. Now, yes, is the Bible going to play out? Yes, obviously with what Daniel says and so much of the New Testament and revelations and things of that nature. <clears throat> but 
he can still hide you from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the workers of iniquity. You know, which is why I'm so big on Psalm 64 regarding that. And if you're not familiar with that, go and just key in Psalm 64 in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and I do a whole study on that. That, when I started doing that consistently, at least for me, it changed my life more dramatically than any other thing I've ever done since I've been a Christian. Any other thing I've, I should say I've prayed for me personally. Okay. Um, so Psalms is a good place to go in the Bible. If you're just feeling totally overwhelmed and I, you know, this, I feel like the whole world's coming and in your, you're so fixated on the situation on whatever the current event news is. That's a great place to go. And that could not be just for if you're, uh, let's say you're overwhelmed at the current event news. News. It could be that you're going through a really dark time in your life. And, and it's an excellent place to be in the Bible regarding that. So, Psalm 43, verse 1. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. Which God is perfectly capable of doing. If you have the faith to believe that, okay? So faith is, is a prerequisite thing here. <clears throat> For thou art the God of my strength. O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. And I will go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Through thee we will push down our enemies... Through thy name, we will tread them under that rise up against us. So, through thy name. So, I think that's why it's very important to always invoke the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I've always done. I've never really got too big into the Hebrew. I'm not saying that the Hebrew isn't, you know, just as valid. But for me, as an English-speaking person... I've always used the Lord Jesus Christ or Jesus Christ um, when dealing with wicked and evil entities, and it, it's all—it's always worked great for me. So <clears throat> I think you have to be very, very careful, though, with a lot of the other Hebrew names because not all of them are what you think they are. Uh, I've done, yeah, it's called the Sacred Name Movement. And we get into the, a subject called the Tetragrammaton, which I don't really want to say a whole lot about it, but if you're using all Hebrew terminology, you need to really make sure, uh, it's one thing to use Yeshua, that's fine, but you can get off into other things that a lot of people commonly use, and it's not what you think. You're not calling upon God with some of these other usages, so you got to be super, super careful on this key in sacred names in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and um i've done a whole gigungous teachings on on the uh, hebrew roots movement which i think is one of the most dangerous movements there are it gets you absolutely wrapped up into bondage it gets you backed into works-based salvation just like any of the other pseudo-christian 
And I've never seen a movement where pride enters in more than that. I've never been more attacked more vehemently on my Hebrew roots movement things. Just key in Hebrew in the keyword search box there at, at contendingfortruth.com and, and there will be more teachings than you can, as my grandma used to say, shake a stick at. So <clears throat> I have done a dedicated one on the hexagram, which is the, you know, obviously is on the Israeli flag. Uh, one of the highest, most wicked symbols in all of witchcraft. And they've got it on their flag. Now, I'm not condemning the, the Jewish people regarding that. I'm not. Uh, that was put upon there through other, they, they call it, you know, oh, it's the, it's the Star of David. No, it's actually not. <laughs> uh, I don't think David ever had anything to do with that thing. Anyway, I have a whole dedicated study on that. I think in a, a listener, a street preacher of mine, a friend of mine, he's going to be coming out with, I believe, a dedicated study on that as well. And I'm, I will forward that in the uh, newsletter when I get that in. So <clears throat> there's a lot of aspects to the Hebrew Hebrew roots movement. Then there's the whole Sunday versus Sabbath thing. You know, it's just all about getting you into bondage. I've done a whole teaching on that. Just can Sunday at the keyword search box. And if you're an avid Hebrew roots rooter and you're gonna email me and attack me, you know, fine, whatever. I've got an answer for you. I've got the documentation i've i've been attacked every way you can imagine regarding that one and um don't i wouldn't waste your time on me because it's not going to get you anywhere now if you want to know the truth email me and i'll send you the attachments on it i'm not going to be mean or anything uh, but most of the time i'll just get absolutely ravaged attacked right off the bat and so don't expect me to play nice if you're going to come right out of the gate and condemn me and you know tell me that i'm basically of satan and all this other stuff because um, <clears throat> i'm going to make a real good case to show you that satan's the one leading you and you're in bondage and you've been entangled again with the yoke of bondage like the bible i mean just read the book of galatians how do you how do you get back into the law and, and, and want to become a Hebrew roots person. And, and oh, I've got to do this. I've got to keep the Sabbath now. I've got to do this. I've, I've got to keep the law. And all of these other things. If, if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Christ is of no effect to you, essentially. And the book of Galatians alone is all you would need to really know that you are in grave air and you're trusting in your own works and you're trusting in your own righteousness and you're going to go to hell if you do that you can't do that so it's a it's a very serious matter it's literally a matter of of heaven and hell that's why i you know but then again basically all pseudo pseudo christian cults i call them cults that espouse this these types of theories where okay it's some alternate view of the bible that you get to wherever you, you get to heaven through works is typically the way it works out whether it's mormonism jehovah witnesses hebrew rootsers whatever seventh-day adventists it's all the same uh, the only one of those i haven't done a teaching on a seventh-day advent i have a gigantic several gigantic files on seventh-day adventism but but it would, it would take me a long time to cover that one and it's just so hard to do that with all the breaking current events but i can if you email me i can send you the documentation on that it's overwhelming in every single 
thing that I've talked about beyond overwhelming. Um, it's not hard to debunk these movements. If you have any kind of open mind, eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, it's not hard. I mean, it's just very easy. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to be cocky. It's just that, you know, the information that's available regarding these cults and how they started, it's always rotten. And the Bible says that the foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. <clears throat> so, makes my job easy. Anyway, let's go back to these Bible verses. <clears throat> so, through thee we will push down our enemies. Through thy name we will tread them under that rise up against us. Verse 6. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. Now, I don't think it's, it's a problem to have self-defense things to, um, obviously, to protect your family and things of this nature, but obviously, primarily, you want to rely upon the Lord Jesus Christ for your protection. If you're looking to all your material possessions to protect you and to save you and to deliver you, you're going to be sadly mistaken. Because only, only the Lord Jesus Christ can do that. Only He can protect you. Only he can cover you with his wings while the calamities be over or overpassing you, as the Bible talks about. So it's, it's just very important to keep all this in perspective. <clears throat> oh, okay, so that was Psalm 44, verse 6. Uh, and then verse 7 says, For thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. So these are these are good verses to quote when the enemy is coming in and attacking you because you're invoking faith. Thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. Speak it like it's already done. That's faith. I think that's the kind of faith that pleases God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want more faith, listen to the word of God. Read it, speak it, meditate on it. It will, it will increase your faith. Also, ask God for more faith. The Bible says that he will, he will give that to you. And the Bible also says every, for every man and, and woman is appointed a portion of faith. <clears throat> so we're, not all of us have the same level of, of faith that the next person might, the next Christian might. So it's kind of, you know, it's just like, an, it's a gifting, and it's given in different measures and different amounts depending on, just like the when the Bible verse talked about the one person, the parable of the talents, one person was given, um, you know, one talent and then five and then ten, you know, that type of stuff. Not everybody's given the same gifts in the same measure. And then there's the whole concept of the body of Christ, where everybody has different functions. But they're all, I believe they're all equally as important in God's eyes. <clears throat> so going forward here, I'm just trying to pick up where I left off there. Uh, Thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. Next verse. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Selah, meaning, you know, ponder deeply basically. Reflect, ponder deeply. Selah. And then Psalm 24, 8. Who is the king of glory? 
The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Um, <clears throat> these are very, very good verses to quote back to the enemy when you feel like you're under attack by the enemy. Or if you're going to a certain place to pray, let's say. I got a really dynamite audio I'm going to be playing pretty soon on um, the concept of going to cursed places, physically going there and dealing with whatever cursedness, spiritual baggage is over that place and affecting the people in the land and, and everything around it. It, it really got me reignited. It, it, I was doing a lot more of that earlier in my ministry because I had more time and I'm really going to try to start making time now to go back out and start doing this again just making it just carving out the time even though I really don't have it it's what I really feel my ministry is going to end up with anyway is when this is probably gone the internet because I, I, I think that you know I don't know how long Maybe it's another 10 years. I don't know. But the enemy does not want us having, putting out free this freedom of speech, the, the, the First Amendment that we have. Satan does not want that. He wants to shut down every other dissenting opinion other than his satanic uh, mainstream media devil lies. But anyway, so let's go forward here. <clears throat> the Bible also says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. So whenever I hear somebody saying, well, you know, this is Satan's. No, it's not. Nothing is Satan's. Do you think any of that's going to be Satan, Satan's when he's burning in the lake of fire, him and his devils and demons and fallen angels? Are, are they going to own anything? No, they never did own anything. If you really think about it, yes, is he the, the, the prince in the power of the air and the ruler of this present day? Yeah, but he doesn't really own it. God does. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. None of it's his. So I don't view any place really as off limits regarding praying about, regarding physical localities that, that might have a, um, you know, an absolute total demonic stronghold. Now, I mean, obviously you want to do as the Lord leads regarding your prayers and regarding where you go. Um, it's not something you just want to run off half-cocked about. You, you want to, I mean, like if you're thinking about doing this type of ministry, you want to make sure you're hearing from God. And you want to probably make sure that you have at least one other person with you. I think it's a good, especially if you're starting out. And um, fasting and prayer would be really mandatory for a myriad of different reasons prior to going out. <clears throat> um, and I don't even want to really get down that, that rabbit trail too far today because that's that's not what the study's about. But I have covered that in a lot of other uh, uh, teachings. Just key in, I would say, warfare in the keyword search box, maybe spiritual warfare. 
the table of con the, it really i think the search box works really good now i mean we're talking it's accessing i've got like over oh my word i don't even know way 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 over a thousand parts up on the internet now up on the continuefortruth.com website i don't really know how many i know it's way over a thousand when you take in all the the, the parts I've got over just 500, way over 500 dedicated, or not dedicated, teachings, but most of them have like, you know, at least two, three, four, uh, sometimes up to 10 parts, 11 parts. So I don't really know. It might be 2,000. But that tape, that, that search box at continuefortruth.com, I, I think it works really, really good. And we do thank, you know, everybody that's praying for us and that is, um, uh, donated to us and that buys products from me on the uh, supplemental side all of those things are, are keeping us in the game uh and you know the donations um you know have helped immensely and it's allowed me to be able to you know segue out of being in full-time chiropractic practice and do this full-time which is really where i felt like god's you know, called us to do, called me to do. And I've been able to do that now for, I was in part-time up until when I left Florida. And that was in 010. So it's been like, <clears throat> man, it's been a good eight to nine years. I don't exactly know exactly when I, I stopped, but it's it's been, I think, at least eight around eight to nine years now that I've been able to do this. So let's go further here. Uh, Isaiah 59, 19. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. This is another, these are really great verses to commit to memory. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit, capital S, it's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Psalm 60, 12, and it also says it in Psalm 108.13, Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Isaiah 54.17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So it's the righteousness of God, essentially through us. What is our heritage? That no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. That's warfare. And then, you know, we never want to forget about, you know, Ephesians putting on the full armor of God, you know, that's something you should be doing every day with your, as you start off the day, um, praying, that should be just part of that praying, putting on the full armor of God. I, I also include Psalm 64. And then obvious, and then like Bible study. That type of stuff it's just a very very good way to start the day it's it's you're 
you're establishing a good, solid foundation for the day. And praying that, for me, what I, pr- I try to remember to pray more, <clears throat> more and more as I live more and more is that God would control my tongue. God would, you know, the Holy Spirit would speak through me. God would control my tongue. Because if my flesh gets in the way, I'm going to start saying some things I shouldn't be saying. Because I know me, I know my flesh, I know, you know, <laughs> I get so righteous and indignant about so many things because there's so much wickedness around us that, you know, unless God's controlling my tongue, I am not going to be doing good. You know. So, that's, I think that's very important. Now, some people don't tend to struggle with other things. You know, maybe you don't struggle with your tongue, you know. Um... But you might struggle with another area, and that's where you need to key in on. Just like everybody has certain gifts and callings, I think we all have different weaknesses as well. So, okay, so we got we we kind of went through some of those Bible verses. Now, I've been meaning to make these little announcements for a long time here, and I just keep forgetting. Um, the first one, uh, well, let me just go over this one. This is funny. I had a listener from... Um, UK sent me this, Joanne from Manchester. She sent me this a while back. Man, when is this thing postmarked? That was in postmark in February of 2021. Um, and she sent me a clip from this, I guess, this newspaper there. Uh, okay, I saw this article in an ultra left wing UK newspaper. Uh, so nice to know that the elites have a sense of humor. <laughs> And then she just goes on to say some really nice, kind remarks. Um, in It's called 2017. What we've learned. Now, the main picture that it shows is a sky with chemtrails flying, like just checkerboarded. Literally, one of the chemtrails, they're doing like a, it almost looks like they're doing a 360. They're just like they're flying in a circle. Okay. Something you would never, ever, ever see in nature chemtrails you know cloud formations don't look like that they're literally from a jet you can see it coming out the back it's not a contrail which is called a condensation trail which is the normal uh, evaporative jet jet trail that a jet will normally leave and it will you'll cut you'll see it and then it'll dissipate it'll it'll just fade out chemtrails tend to Billow and billow and billow until the whole sky's a haze. Well, this is a picture of that. It's a great picture. It's a horrible picture. It's a flagrant picture. And it says that um, these are the, some of the things we've learned in 2017. And um, homo, the, the, the main thing that we learned was the homo mutatus was one of the new types of clouds. So it's a new type of cloud that, I mean, I can't even comprehend this. They believe, evidently, people are so stupid that jets can fly, literally produce the chemtrails up in the skies, and we're supposed to believe it's a new cloud formation, like it's something natural, when it's absolutely, totally, satanically man-made. I've really redoubled my efforts, man. We've hardly had any chemtrails where I'm at in the last while. 
And I, I, I really do think if you get specific in prayer, it can have a gigantic impact. And really getting righteous, indignant in prayer, for me, it seems to be the main thing I've seen that really moves the hand of God. Now, I'm not doing it, but, you know, they're spraying us like cockroaches. They're literally terraforming the planet. They're literally trying to destroy the wildlife, the plants, the animals, all humans. It's killing the planet. They're trying to give all of us dementia and Alzheimer's with the, with the nano-sized aluminum particles that we're breathing. Now there's this new thing, and that's not new, but it's called chemtrail lung, that the doctors are starting to openly admit to, to a certain extent, the more progressive ones. The MDs are. I saw a big report on it the other day. People are coming in now with all these respiratory things that they've never seen before. Chemtrail lung. But no, no, it's, it's, this, it's a new cloud formation called homomutatus. I mean, I've never seen anything more asinine in my life. I'm trying to see if it says anything more on that. No, I don't think so, yeah. Homo mutatus. That's the new chemtrail cloud. This is exerted from the book of the year. It's called the book of the year, the weirder side of 2017. From Random House. Um... I'm just gonna. I'm seeing if there's anything more in here. That's there's some real there's some real doozies here. Uh, humans' oldest known ancestor, because they're always trying to push that. You know, our 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 great ape ancestors. You know, you got Piltdown Man and Neanderthal and all this other garbage. Humans' oldest known ancestor didn't have an anus. Did you know that? Yeah. We weren't created like God spoke us into existence in the seven-day creation. No. No. It goes back billions and billions of years, and we, we evolved originally from a rock that came from the Big Bang that just happened by chance all, and then the rain rained on the rocks for billions of years, and out of the primordial ooze, after, you know, it got hit by a lightning bolt, emerged a two-cell amoeba that eventually turned into a fish and then, you know, a lizard that, you know, crawled up on land and then that turned into a <clears throat> woodchuck and then the woodchuck eventually turned into an ape or some kind of ape-like creature that didn't have an anus. So it just exploded when it turned 50, I imagine. I don't know. I mean, you know, that's, that's a whole other uh definition of constipation yeah that's kind of a tough one to to uh, get around but yeah yeah so so uh, in addition to that we're supposed to believe homo mutatus was one of the new types of clouds which is a chemtrail cloud okay they're teaching this now in the textbooks in common core curriculum they're talking about it in because they want the kids to know no no this is this is called geoengineering they're doing it for the planet they're doing it to keep the planet whatever cool hot whatever lie they're they're espousing on a given day they're teaching it now in the textbooks but they're also wanting you to believe that it's a new clip because people are so glued to their um smartphones I, they've even got street crossings now i just saw this the other day where they've got on the sign it's a yellow sign like a warning sign and it has 
zombies looking down at their phones, two, a couple zombies, a man and a woman, looking down at their phones crossing the street. Warning, zombie crossing. They've got these street signs now because people are so plugged into the matrix that they can't even take their eyes off their phone crossing the street. That's how bad it's, got, it's gotten. I don't have a smartphone, I'm, nor will I ever get one. I truly believe that you know, that is a gigantic part of them getting us fully plugged. And then you look at the 5G. That is going to be the backbone. The reason it's so important to them is because that is such an integral part of them implementing the New World Order and the absolute total prison planet domination control system that they want to implement over humanity is going to come through the 5G. And that's, the main justification is, is the smartphones for that. So, I'm just telling you, at some point, you're, you're going to have to put those things down. At some point. I'm not condemning any of my listeners. I'm not, I get it, I understand that it's access to data and all this other stuff. But just bear in mind where it all ends up. The smartphones is, is, is eventually going to become a neural implant in your head. And you're going to have a, a literal screen right in front of your eyeballs. How that's all going to work, I don't know. They're probably going to implant the eyes and all kind of stuff. So you can see stuff in front of you. And then eventually, you know, once you're implanted, microchip-wise, you know, the mark of the beast is just going to be one more microchip in addition to that. That I, I've heard the other day is going to add a, a third strand of DNA where you're not going to be fully human anymore. You're going to be like a Nephilim-like. And this is why once you get that mark of the beast, you will never, ever be able to get saved. Because you're not going to be fully human. And Jesus did not come back to save Nephilim. He did not come to earth and, and give his life on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, and all these things to save Nephilim. He didn't do it. And that's a big reason why, once you take the mark of the beast, it's over. So I always tell people, there's no justification. Don't ever do it. I don't care. Whatever. You got to lose your head. Well, Absent for the body is to be present with the Lord. It won't hurt long. I mean, if you think about it, I know that's not a comforting thought, but I'm, you know, it's not like, you know, guillotine's extended suffering. But do I believe that God has the power and the ability to deliver those whom he will and that he always preserves a remnant and he's going to gather the elect from the four corners of the earth when he comes back at the end of the tribulation? The Bible says that's when he gathers them. He's very specific on that in Matthew 24. Very. Read it. <laughs> it's very specific. It's not like rocket science. You know. Immediately after those days, meaning the tribulation, is when he gathers his four the elect from the four corners of the earth, Matthew 24. So, um, but there's, all, there's just all kind of just unbelievable. It's almost like in this book, they're just trying to see how stupid they think people are. Um, it's just, it's, it's un unbelievable. A new organ in our bodies, the mesentery, holds our intestine in shape. I mean, the mesentery is bad. I remember the mesentery when I was doing gross dissection in chiropractic college. 
and how I mean, it was a lot more. I mean, it was. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was. It was a lot um, more to it than I was, than I would have thought. The mesentery, but they're acting like no, it's just new. It just happened last week. Anyway, um, so we have that, and then the next thing, um, I had a listener ask me regarding like the whole thing with Hillary Clinton and that, and. Um, I do believe, from what I've, from my research, I, I believe a lot of people have seen the tape. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of testimonies of people up there saying, I've seen it, it was horrific, you can never unwatch it. Don't watch it. Uh, but as far as this getting out into the mainstream, all I can really say is prayer and fasting and trying to educate others. And I, and I had a listener ask me about that and, and um, encouraging my listeners to pray and fast specifically about this whole thing with Hillary Clinton uh, and Humabini. Because there's a lot you can pray and fast about. But if that actually broke, that specific thing, if the contents of Anthony Weiner's laptop which we have known about for, you know, going on a year and a half, two years now. Sean Hannity has even reported on that over and over, how the police officers, officers that saw the tape had to go into therapy. This isn't something that doesn't exist and is some rumor. We've known that it exists for a long time. It was in a file called Life Insurance on Anthony Weiner's laptop. All of that is, is not, cannot be disputed. The only thing that can be disputed is what actually was on there. And now when the tape actually finally comes out, makes perfect sense as to why these guys had to go into therapy and they were never going to be the same again. And a lot of them almost went crazy. And made absolute hardened police officers cry like little babies. I know it did it to me too. And I didn't even watch it, nor will I ever, nor do I advise any of you to ever watch it. But just to pray and fast that this gets out, that it goes mainstream that there's no way they can suppress it that every everything that satan is doing to try to suppress this that it does not work and that's why i think it's important for you to pray for your own protection while you if you pray this way like psalm 64 because you're asking god to hide you from the secret counsel of the wicked if God is hiding you from the secret counsel of the wicked, it is as though you are invisible to the enemy to a certain extent. Now, there's certain things, if we got a whole bunch of sin in our life, we're going to be visible. But I believe God can hide you and protect you. And I think it's why a lot of times people start having a lot of problems in their Christian life when they start to get into this type of material and start to pray about it, and they're not praying for themselves protection. They're not maybe saying specific things regarding that in their prayer life. I'm not saying God can't protect you, but if Satan is aware of what you're doing fully, then he is going to target you like you cannot believe. So in order for you to be able to keep doing what you're doing and keep praying the way that you want to pray and, and against the, the enemy and, and to keep having victory, I think it's important that you and the people around you, you're praying for each other, pray for each other's protection. Pray that you're, like Psalm 64, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked. 
Because it enables, by God doing that, it enables you to live a life that where you're not being targeted and hassled constantly. Now, I'm not saying that means that you're going to live, you're going to have a bed of roses, but how could it possibly hurt? How could, how could that possibly be a bad thing? Um, so this last thing is, um, I got this letter from a listener, Ryan, Ryan Peterson. I've been meaning this man. He wrote, this was back in February as well. Um, he wrote me this, he sent me this book. It, it says, greetings in the name of the, of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am the writer of the beginning and the end website. Now I've, I've cited this website before. Very, very good. I am honored to be sending you this letter to you and that you have referenced our ministry on your show on several occasions. Additionally, I know many, many followers. I know you have many, many followers, but I have followed your ministry for many years. Uh, I say this to let you know how much I appreciate your tireless and uncompromising, uncompromising service to the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that said, I am pleased to send you an advanced copy of, it's called Judgment of the Nephilim. It's this book. Um, man, it's pretty thick too. I haven't, I, I'm, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've only cursory looked through it. But it's like 443 pages. Uh he says, this is my first published book. The reason I wrote this book is because once I started writing about the Nephilim, I was overwhelmed by the amount of emails that praised the article for relying on scripture alone. I know you've reviewed the book of Enoch in the past, and years ago I bought that blue hardcover copy that confirms the KJV upon your recommendation. However, since that time, many, many teachers and preachers and vloggers have used books like Enoch, the book of Jasher, Jubilees, in a way that turns them, places them on par with the Bible. See, that's the danger you run into. I have sat in on seminars where a teacher literally says, turn to Enoch to, um, Enoch chapter 5, as if it's a church sermon. I feel this is spiritually dangerous, as in many areas these books contradict scripture, and in some cases teach pagan and occult practices. Like the book of Jasher details a story about Joseph praying to the spirit of his deceased mother. And she actually responds. Oh, yeah, that's a gigantic red flag. I feel the way these books are being presented is leading many, many well-believing believers and truth seekers into grave spiritual error. Judgment of the Nephilim is truly a unique book as it is the first comprehensive biblical study of the Nephilim. Relying only on scripture, Judgment of the Nephilim surveys every passage in the Bible related to Genesis 6. The rebel angels, the daughters of men, the, and the Nephilim giants. There are many, many more revelations in the book that you will not find anywhere on the Nephilim, all by God's grace. Not only does this book avoid relying on extra-biblical texts, it actually exposes the flaws, contradictions, and outright heresies in them, returning them to the rightful place as the informative historical text, but not equal to the holy and infallible word of God. I really hope you enjoy the book and look forward to your thoughts. Again, thank you for your time and may God bless you abundantly. So again, I've only taken a cursory look. I mean, what I've seen, it looks really great. Uh, it, it is a book that needed to be written. And um, 
he's got an excellent website to boot so it's not like I don't have any experience with this it's just really really tough for me to read books like this when I've literally got a gigantic bookshelf of books that people have sent me that I haven't been able to read just my life's just too complicated I got too much going on I'm a one-man band really in a ministry that probably should require now I'm not saying I don't have I don't like um, Tim my, my listener that put the website up and, and will work on the website when it's needed but and I praise God for him to do but but the reality is is I really I mean yeah I, I could have um, probably several other people <laughs> uh, take on certain things but it's just I'm in a situation where God's given me the strength and the grace to do what I've done for this long. And um, I'm just going to keep plugging and plowing away at it. And I'm not complaining in any way, shape, or form. This is what I wanted to do for a long time. And, and God you know, has let me do this now since really 06. So I'm very, very grateful. And I'm, like I said, I'm very grateful for your prayers, your giving, just all the things that uh, my listeners have done. But... Yeah, so if, if you want to avail yourself to that, it's it's Judgment of the Nephilim by Ryan Peterson, P-I-T-T-E-R-S-O-N, uh, com. So it's just one word, Judgment of the Nephilim, N-E-P-H-I-L-I-M.com. Uh, Ryan Peterson is a Bible researcher and writer. He received his BA in political science from the University of Rochester and his JD from Columbia University School of Law. He lives in the New York City area and his wife with his wife and two children. Um, some of the things he explores in this. Uh, using only scripture, we are given a complete picture of the war between two bloodlines, the lineage of the Messiah and the seed of Satan. Exploring passages really connected to the giants. Some of the most challenging questions of the Bible regarding the Nephilim will be answered, including why did Pharaoh order all male children to be thrown in the river and Herod execute all male children in Bethlehem? Um, <clears throat> how were the angels able to reproduce with human women? Who was the first human woman to marry the sons of God? Um, how did the Nephilim return after the flood? And there are still Nephilim among us. So anyway... That's pretty cool stuff. Okay, so we have that. And um, I've been meaning to say that for, kind of get those little announcements out for a long time here. Um, let's see here. Okay, so we're actually going to get in now to the, the actual study. And I know I'm already 46 minutes into this and I'm just starting. But the first part, the first study is, uh, first report here is called entitled, If D.C., meaning Washington, D.C. is nuked, Colorado will become the new capital. Now, this is something I've got into uh, on numerous occasions. A, a lot of times I don't get into it in great depth, but we're going to be looking at a little bit more of a deeper study on that today. So this is um, Dave Hodges says, in part one of the series, I played the interview I conducted with Congressman Dr. Paul Gosar. Gosar was one of the 11 signatories who signed a public document with evidence of serious felonies against, um, against him, including starting a nuclear war and engaging in a deeply false flag terrorism event. And I guess this is like the part two of that. I did listen to some of that and it did, it did sound very good. 
I have developed a working hypothesis about the intentions of the deep state. It is becoming clear that the planned collapse of the constitutional republic known as the United States will be accomplished in part by destroying Washington, D.C. and establishing a capital in Colorado. In fact, this scenario has already been rehearsed in recent times. We have known for years that when Washington, D.C. is destroyed, the Colorado will be the next capital. The CIA and the DHS have moved a good portion of their operation to underground facilities near the Denver International Airport. Predictive programming from the media has pointed to this fact. In the movie, The Hunger Games, Colorado was located was the location for the capital city. I didn't realize that. In the mythical country of Panem, P-A-N-E-M, that was the mythical country of The Hunger Games, that looked eerily like Nixon's breakup of the United States into the 10 UN district. Uh, so here's a picture of, I guess, The Hunger Games... Uh, portrayal of the United States, okay, and how they broke up the, the districts. A map of Panem's 12 districts. Note that the Hunger Games capital is located in Colorado, precisely where the federal government is planning on moving much of its operations to. In 2011, Denver played host to the Operation Mountain Guardian event, which was essentially a FEMA DHS incarceration drill using the football home of the Denver Broncos NFL Stadium as a base of operations. Further, during the drill, the DIA was shut down at Denver International Airport, yet the elite flew their jets to the DIA during the drill and presumably disappeared underground. In many people's minds, this anointed Denver as the future headquarters of the U.S. government, meaning if there was some big cataclysmic thing that had happened, you would have the elites flying into their main area of safety that they were going to disappear into underground to act as like not only protection but a command and control center. Led by the Coe brothers, Colorado is on the verge of experiencing draconian increases in utility rates because the energy providers in the Mile High State are being conjoined, which will lessen any competition. In Colorado, if one publicly opposes Agenda 21, like the UN Agenda 21, their children are stolen without any other provocation, like Stacey Lynn. Now, evidently, I'm, I'm not real familiar with that story, but that's one you could look up. In Colorado, farmers can legally only use 50% of their land. Water cannot be trapped or reused in any form, even to irrigate farmland. I mean, this is, this is insanity. The Agenda 21 corruption in Colorado rivals anything found in the Obama administration. In their schools have become bastions of liberalism where glorifying Islam is encouraged, but expressions of Christianity are forbidden, like the Sierra and Rocky Mountain high schools. Colorado is lost and the people are anesthetized and mesmerized by the success of the Denver Broncos football team. However, this is only the beginning of the nightmare that is in store for the Colorado. Eventually, people are going to rise up against these draconian New World Order policies that have overtaken my former home state. There are already signs of opposing Agenda 21 takeover in large amounts. Further, Colorado is home of several key military bases, including Fort Carson. What if the military will not totally side with the administration on the continuing subjugation of the state and the country as a whole? What if the military does what the Oath Keepers demand, the, the group the Oath Keepers, and that soldiers will honor their constitutional oath. 
The globalists have prepared for this eventuality as well. If portions of the military defect and defend the people, the war would likely be guerrilla warfare. Well, the New Order has prepared for that eventuality as well. I interviewed Paul Martin, who lives in and works in northern Colorado. There are more nations with their troops in Colorado than anyone can count. They seemingly share one thing in common. And I, again, I've played many, many of these clips. We're going to hear more today. This is not something that they're making up. Or I, I went to Gatlinburg and saw this firsthand. You know, the unbelievable foreign presence and just the people that work there. Like everywhere you go in. How they literally, Dollywood has a contract with them in uh, Pigeon Forge to bring these workers in and pay them kind of like a slave wage. But it's, it's so sick what they're doing here. Uh, <clears throat> they seemingly share one thing in common. They are in Colorado to prepare for guerrilla warfare, meaning all these foreign troops. That has been coming between the disaffected parts of the American military and the multinational forces of the UN. Well, it's not just the disaffected parts of the American military. It's also all the citizens that are armed to the teeth in America as well. And this is why they've been pre-positioning troops here for so long. And assets. And that's what this study is going to be upon today. We're going to be looking at that. That is why I started off with those Bible verses. Like I did. And like I tried to do when we get into studies like this. The eyewitness accounts of what is happening is not to be taken lightly as these sightings are happening all over the country. These troops will be the occupation forces of the New World Order. You know, if that's the way it works out. Operation Mountain Guardian was a disaster drill in a continuity of government exercise. And there's the little badge for it. I guess it was in 2011. In, and I, again, this is I'm reading off the PDF for um, April 29, 2018 at contendingfortruth.com. It's all free. In September of 2011, the government practiced at both Denver's Sports Authority Field and the Giant Stadium in New York City on how to use your children to lure you into a FEMA camp. Meaning, what I believe they did, and I reported on this at the time, is they had some type of martial law scenario, lockdown, they locked down all the schools, and then what they did is they bust all the kiddies to the Denver uh, Broncos Stadium, and they were like, oh, parents, you have to come up to pick your kids up. And if you're on a list and you go to get your kids, well, guess what? You ain't going nowhere. I don't know what's going to happen to your kids, but it's not going to be good. And you're going to be carted off to a FEMA camp. That's, that's the scenario. They were using their children to lure them in. All the more reason not to have your kids in a public school. Indoctrination, you know, center. Okay, so was this coming moment foretold at the mural at the Denver International Airport near the baggage pickup? I went down and saw this personally. I guess they've removed it. Uh, I took this picture after traveling to Denver to visit family shortly after these pictures went viral in 2011. And they were removed from the mural adjacent to the baggage pickup. And they finally took those, those evil pictures down. I mean, they're really stinking macabre and... It shows like this ruined city with this Nazi stormtrooper guy with a huge sword in one hand, like a saber sword, and a machine gun in the other with a bayonet on it. He's wearing a gas mask, and his sword is is basically killing this, this white dove, which is typically symbolic of the Holy Spirit. 
I mean, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, that's, you know, white dove came down. And um, I love doves, white dove, they're so cute. Um, and then it shows this, like this little girl, I don't know if she's dead, like right below him, and all these, like this lady crying and all this death everywhere. I mean, these, this was this, and not just one of the murals that were in the Denver International Airport. I went down there, and there was also this gargoyle, like, literally sitting in this suitcase, there, right next to these, and it was in the bottom level. I think it was a couple gargoyles. And I saw the Freemasonic, you know, dedication plaque for the air. I mean, that, that place is weird. Um... So anyway, going further here, this picture speaks volumes upon closer examination. During the three-day course of this drill, this, this Operation Mountain Guardian drill, the VIPs were flown into Denver, Denver International Airport. The airport was shut down for three days in which the series of objectives were practiced in the course of the drill. It's a pretty big deal to shut down a gigantic international airport for three days. One of the objectives was practiced was a continuity of government drill in which D.C. is destroyed meaning Washington, D.C. destroyed. Okay, well, we still have to have continuity of government. The government still has to keep going on. Well, then, what do we do? Well, it moves to Denver. Okay. And there's this gigantic underground base underneath Denver International Airport. Now, again, if you don't know about that, just key in Denver Airport, keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've, I've talked about it on numerous occasions, far with, with far more... Um, depth then i'm going to talk about it today so if you want to know more it's, it should be there uh <clears throat> this is a this is a scenario in which washington dc is destroyed and the reins of power are transferred to colorado former president obama was part of this drill and ostensibly disappeared for three days wow now in conclusion he's saying in part three the discussion of moving the nation's capital to colorado moves to a different level it is clear that something is tragic and is planned for Washington, D.C. This will lead to a transfer of power to Colorado. However, Colorado will not escape its own day of infamy. Clearly, there could be resistance in Colorado to the deep state takeover of our government. And see, the more people that know about this, the better, obviously. You know, more people that are out there educating other people and, and you know, waking up to the truth, the better. And praying about it is, is the main thing. <clears throat> However, Colorado will not escape its own day of infamy. Clearly, there could be resistance in Colorado to the deep state takeover of our government. What we witnessed in Operation Mountain Guardian was the preparation for a massive wave of terror in Colorado, which I contend that the purpose is to crush all resistance when this transition of power occurs. I have clear and convincing evidence which is mounting as I write these words to the effect that Colorado will be hit by a localized EMP attack, and it may not be localized, it's probably going to be nationwide, um, at or near the same time that D.C. is attacked. In the aftermath of the confusion that would follow such an event, the prepositioned foreign troops which will be controlled by the UN, will be rolled out and seize control of the transition process. Which, to me, sounds like the most likely scenario if they're going to try to pull this off. Because with an EMP, there's so many things that they would gain an advantage of in that time. You mean they would cut off 99% of the communications that are going on? 
you know, you're not going to have internet, you're not going to have TV, um, you know, you, what, I mean, you might not have anything if your all your electronics get fried. That's why it's very important. It's a good idea. I know not everybody can do this. But if there are things like a hand crank radio, like shortwave, like little walkie-talkies that you can use. I've got into this in previous studies, but things that are of an electronic nature that you would want to survive an EMP attack or would be very important for you. For you to keep them in some type of EMP-proof bag or container. You can even make this with, like, um, trash cans you line them with that thin pile carpeting and um, line the bottom line the sides and then put your electronics in there and that would be impervious you, what you don't want is you don't want your electronics touching the metal on the outside because then if you got hit with an EMP attack it could fry what's ever in there so the carpeting is the barrier it's not conductive. So there are all kind of ways you can make e EMP-proof containers. You can just go on YouTube and, and search that out. There's EMP bags you can buy that you can put whole laptops in them. And um, might be something, you, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm becoming more and more convinced that that is definitely part of their plan. I'm not saying God's going to let it happen, but I'm saying that I truly believe it is part of there. Our grid is totally susceptible to this. It's totally ripe for the picking. China even controls the um, <clears throat> the software on the grid. Uh, our grid is not hardened, meaning it's not EMP proof. That's done by design on purpose so that we would be very vulnerable to this. And uh, if you have a um, like a computer and you want to preserve your information, it would be good to have an external hard drive you're doing a backup on that you put in an EMP-proof bag between backups. And then that way you would have a hard copy in, in a protected source in the event that your computer got fried. Now, you could key in EMP in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com and in, there's all kind of other... I've done whole studies where we actually looked specifically at this. If you email me, I even have a document I can send you that, that could help you on that. Like a lot of things that you could do to, to uh, protect yourself from an EMP. I'm only mentioning just a couple things off the top of my head because it's really not the focus of the study. But it seems to be, the, the more I look at this, it would be, if you, were, if you were Satan, it would be the most logical thing to do to cut off communications and in war one of the most important things you can do to your enemy is to cut off their lines of communication so going forward here okay where did i leave off all right let me just start at the stop top of this paragraph here i have clear and convincing evidence that is mounting as i write these words to the effect that colorado will be hit by a localized emp attack at or near the same time that D.C. is attacked. In the aftermath of the confusion that would follow such an event, the prepositioned foreign troops, which will be controlled by the U.N., will be rolled out and seize control of the transition process. Now, we were we were just about in this scenario, and I'm not saying we, we're, we're not going back into it like next week, who knows. 
but we were we could have potentially been right on the verge of this scenario with this last thing that Trump did with Syria. How he's just, you know, let's just launch a ton of missiles at Syria. Get back at those Russians for for this gas attack for that animal Assad, as, as Trump said, which just I can't even believe that. Anyway, he didn't look into that. Anyway, so that's all been disproven. It's all a total lie. It's all a total hoax. There's all these firsthand witnesses that were there that said there was no gas attacks. Little kids they've even interviewed that said, no, I was outside playing and these Syrian rebels came up to me and said, get, get in here, get over here, kid. We're going to bring you into the hospital. They bring him into the hospital and, they, and they, that's the footage you saw of the little kid getting like soaked with water like where they were supposedly trying to like get the chemicals off him. They literally, the kid was like playing outside and the rebels saw him and they pulled him in the hospital and had this photo op of, of him getting like doused with water. There's no chemicals. There's none. Why would Assad gas his own people? Makes no sense. They had just entered a truce with these, with these um, white hat Syrian terrorist rebels. They had gotten their their collective rears kicked, and were were supposed to be leaving, but this is how they you know this is how they rewarded Assad for his kindness essentially, by accusing him of this. I hope he I hope he understands you can't trust these devils. Uh, anyway, going back to the report, as an aside, does anyone still not believe that Russians are not in Colorado? This picture and. and we showed you a picture here. Shows Russian soldiers at Fort Carson. This is an old, older picture too. This was like, I don't know, probably at least five years. The Russians and other foreign troops, Germans, Canadians, Danes, are all part of, also part of what they call Jade Helm, which we've talked about many times as well. They're here to carry out the mission should American troops stand down. In 2011, FEMA and Russia were engaged in extra-constitutional, quote, agreements. That means illegal agreements which were inked in the spring of 2012 in Washington, D.C. At the fourth annual meeting of the illegally created and its U.S.-Russia Bilateral Presidential Commission Working Group on Emergency Situations. Okay, now there is a link to that if you don't believe it. It's, um, it's real. It's from the state.gov website. did happen. There is this agreement. It's, you know... This is an extra-governmental organization formed under the Obama administration and is one of almost two dozen similar working groups. There's another link to that if you want to see these other working groups. Bringing together top U.S. and Russian officials. The agreement calls for the initial influx of 15,000 U.N. or Russian troops. I mean, probably going to be a lot of different nationalities. Uh, and does not address the specificity of the types of soldiers to be housed in the United States. Okay, I didn't even really, I, I kind of got off track there. The point I was trying to make earlier was that, okay, let's say something else happens in Syria and, and Trump falls for that again. And then just Trump goes all in and he just, you know, he just starts launching whatever at the Russians. And the Russians finally have to retaliate. And now we're in World War III. Which gives the excuse and the pretext for Russia to nuke Washington, D.C., and a lot of other places, and potentially detonate EMPs over our atmosphere. 
And let's say that happens, and they destroy Washington, D.C., it's all by design, and then now we're basically where, okay, continuity of government, Denver's our new capital, we're under martial law, we're going to split the the uh, United States into ten districts, uh, all of these foreign troops are going to come out to play under the guise of the U.N. peacekeeper role, which Obama got us into that as well, where they can come in and... Um, basically supersede any of the sheriff local law enforcement or whatever they're either going to have to get on board or die and then that's the scenario we find ourselves in that could happen it could have happened last week because it's only going to take one linchpin event for this whole cascade of things to start these dominoes to start dropping going forward the following is a quote from the Russian Emergency Situations Ministry, which is this group. The Russian Emergency Situations Ministry and the USA Federal Emergency Management Operation, FEMA, are going to exchange experts during the joint rescue operations in major disasters. Why are we collaborating with Russia on joint rescue operations? It's going to be joint extermination. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be our wicked, deep state, dark state, traitorous, military the, those factions now i'm not saying all the military traders i'm saying those factions that are on board with that with the russian troops the germans the chinese and all these others against the american population and against the rogue american military that will not go along with this that's why these troops are here and why they've been here for like i i think decades at this point this is now this is straight from their their um, announcement this provided this is provided by a protocol of the fourth meeting of the u.s russia bilateral presidential commission working group on emergency situations and the 17th meeting of the joint u.s russia cooperation committee on emergency situations which took which took place in washington on the 25th of june 2013 now notice this says this is the fourth meeting of the u.s russia bilateral these two groups fourth and that was back in 2013 so this isn't something that just happened this is something they've been planning for a long long time i really do believe they thought hillary was going to get in and you can say oh no it's all all by design all planned or whatever i just don't understand the why they have fought trump so tooth and nail and why he's undone so many of the things that he granted is he duped very easily when it comes to foreign policy yeah, it really seems like, or maybe he's being blackmailed. Uh, I don't know. I can't say 100% for sure. But they've been planning this a long time. That I can say for sure. And I do believe that if Hitler had got in, you know, just look at that, the, the tape that we got into last time. Can you imagine? We'd already be under martial law. We, I wouldn't even be on air right now, I don't believe. I believe all the I believe any of the alternative media on the internet would have already been shut out. She was there to to put the final nail in the coffin. Trump's went against way too many other things. If he was on their side, why is why is every facet of the lamestream prostitute media attack him twenty four seven over it because he's on their side and Hollywood does that and every wicked evil devil attacks the guy. I think he threw a major monkey wrench into things. And now they're reeling and now they're trying to get their they're trying to win the Congress and the Senate in the in the coming midterms. 
and I'm sure they're going to try to rig that thing every way they possibly can, and they're going to impeach him if that happens. And Trump knows it, and Trump's even said that. In fact, I think he said it today. I was wondering if he was going to actually, um, this is on Drudge Report, and, uh, oh good, they're, they're, the caravan's here now, they're climbing over the fence some enter U.S. illegally. Where's our troops at? Where are our troops at? I mean, they climb border fence, cheer, gracias, Mexico? Yeah, I bet. Come in here and get everything for free. Uh, while our own veterans are like, you know, can't even get anything, and they're out on the streets and homeless situations. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the thing with the Drudge Report is that it moves so quickly that a lot of times the... Uh, Yeah, I can't even find it now. But he did say that. Trump did say that. That, um, you know, if they get control of... Oh, no, it was in the speech from Michigan he gave last night. He knows. He knows if they get control of the House and Senate, it's done. It's their will. They'll move immediately for articles of, impe of impeachment. Absolutely. So, the midterms are just as important as Trump's actual presidential election. from that regard so just something to be something to think about something to be in prayer about and this goes on to say in addition the parties approved of the u.s russian cooperation in this field in 2013-2014 which envisage envisages exchange of experience including in monitoring and forecasting emergency situations Training of rescuers, yeah, rescuers, right. Training of the, the uh, extermination teams. Development of mine rescuing. Mine? Like mines? Like provision of security at mass events. Yeah, when they herd you into the mass stadiums and the FEMA camps. So if we are on the verge of going to war with Russians, what kind of leadership would engage such pre-war tactics and practices? Why would you... Now, I understand. Well, you could say at the time, well, we weren't near as close to going to war with Russia as we are now. None of it makes sense, logistically, at all. Why would you give our underground military bases to the Russians? We're going to look at that today. I've talked about this over and over. The underground military bases are infested with foreign troops. The UN, These are going to be the UN blue hat peacekeepers that come out when martial law is declared. When that's going to be, I don't know. But I know that's their plan. So that's all I have for part one. And we will continue in this line of thought in part two. So God bless you and see you in part two.